You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. We got a lot of news to get to today. As always, we're going to start with Matthew McConaughey. If you've ever seen anything he's acted in, which I haven't, I've I've never heard of him outside of his short stint for governor of Texas, uh, going to challenge Beto O'Rourke. I guess that never worked out. But he went to the White House. Obviously, he's Biden's preferred pick for governor of of, um, Texas, it sounds like. But he didn't run, and he is... He gave an impassioned, emotional remarks, a a speech at the lectern of the press briefing room yesterday. Telling the stories of those who died in the elementary school shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and urging more action on gun control. McConaughey is from Uvalde, so of course he was there making his political statement about it. He has an emotional connection to the town. That's, That's his strategy, so to speak. But he gave his emotional speech. Uh, He said him and his wife spent most of the past week with the families of those who were killed in his hometown. He showed pictures of their artwork and brought to the briefing room green Converse shoes like the ones that one girl wore every day that were used to identify her body after the shooting. She had drawn a heart on one of the shoes. So he's going there. We know these talks in Congress are going with gun control legislation. He's going there pressuring them to do certain gun control legislation. And he's a good actor. Either that or he is an insanely emotional man. But when you grow up as a person, I'm not saying he, he's, a, he's a child, he's not grown up, but I'm, I'm saying as you grow up as a person, you, you become, and I don't want to say desensitized, but these things aren't as dramatic to you. You don't start bawling like a, like a child in front of a room full of reporters with every camera on. Once you, once you, grow up and you've you've developed some sort of emotions some emotion control emotion control and obviously this is his hometown so it's a little different but he basically went there went to the podium and politicized these deaths even more you know we had Beto O'Rourke crashing the press conference to politicize the deaths Uh, we have the White House politicizing the deaths calling for gun control and he's doing the same thing today or yesterday, I'm sorry, for the White House, politicizing it even more for more gun control. And it's just... I bet Matthew McConaughey went out, walked out with with Secret Secret Service surrounding him, carrying AR-15s, carrying firearms of some sort, that that won't be banned. I I was watching a clip from Tucker Carlson on YouTube the other night, the other night, and he emailed Justin Trudeau and asked if he would give up his security because he's giving up, he's taking away the right to own handguns in in Canada. And they want an answer depending on his security because his security is very important. So they want an answer whether or not he's going to give up his security. The gun control legislation is in the gun control threats are always rules for thee, not for me. Right? It's always, well, this this bad Republican, this bad conservative voter. Well, they voted for Trump, and they thought the election might have been stolen, so we need to take their firearms away with red flag laws. Well, well, some people use this gun in a bad scenario, so we need to take their gun away because some people used it badly. This is the side that we're up against. They want to take away your firearm rights because some people use a firearm in a different way than you do. 
not everyone is going to use the same thing the same way or, or use everything the same way. Right. I'm not going to use this microphone I'm talking into the same way a musician would because I'm not a musician. A hunter isn't going to use a firearm the same way a mass shooter would because they have specific purposes and people can use them for outside of those purposes and cause the major problems we're seeing. And and I'm not saying that comparing a microphone to a gun, I'm not comparing singing to murdering people, but I am saying that banning everyone from owning something is not going to solve the problem of the criminals. But Matthew McConaughey came to the White House, gave this emotional, passionate speech saying, we need, we need to, to act on gun control. People are dying in my hometown every day. Ignoring the tragedies in Chicago caused by gun control because no one can own a, le- legally own a firearm or there are major restrictions on it. And, and that's ignored. But obviously he has this this emotional speech about Uvalde, Texas. And I, I'm not saying it wasn't an emotional event. What I am saying is that it was a little dramatic and he's obviously using it only to politicize what's going on. So we're going to move on because we do have a lot to get to today. But I'm, I'm going to the White House and giving a speech just to be political, giving a speech to be purely partisan, and to politicize on the death of 19 children, and to capitalize on the death of 19 children, it's despicable. I said the same thing when Beto O'Rourke went to the press conference of Greg Abbott and said, well, 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 uh, we need gun control. <laughs> I mean, politicizing the death of anyone is, is despicable. They, they did the same thing to George Floyd. You know, BLM used his death to, to riot and loot and murder and steal because he, he was killed by police. That was their justification. Their justification for taking firearms is that some people are killed by firearms. But we are going to move on here on the Conservative Crusader to some new, more news about the January 6th commission. We have a lot of news about that, actually, because they're doing their, their politicized primetime hearing yet tomorrow night on basically every news channel. I don't think that Fox News is covering it, but other than Fox, pretty much every news channel is covering this this sham hearing, this politicized primetime documentary hearing. But Steve Bannon is fighting back. He subpoenas Pelosi and the House January 6th committee members to fight his contempt charges. Steve Bannon set to go on trial next month for defying a, for defying a congressional subpoena, has subpoenaed House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and other members of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection as he builds his defense. This is from CNN, if you can't tell by the wording of it. Bannon, a conservative firebrand who previously served as former President Donald Trump's chief strategist and senior counsel, was charged with two counts of contempt of Congress in November 2021 after refusing to testify and produce documents. He has pleaded not guilty. Last week, Bannon's legal team subpoenaed 16 lawmakers and congressional staffers to testify at the July trial and produce documents, according to one of Bannon's attorneys and copies of the subpoenas provided to CNN. Subpoenas were aimed at all nine members of the select committee, three committee staffers, and the general counsel for the House of Representatives, Douglas Letter. Bannon also subpoenaed House Democratic leadership, including Pelosi, uh, Steiny Hauer, and Jim Clyburn. 
A spokesman for the House did not immediately uh, did not. Sorry, a spokesman for the House committee declined to comment. Spokesperson for Pelosi, Hoyer, and Clyburn did not immediately respond to quest requests for comments. So, we have here someone who is being prosecuted for not testifying in front of the sham committee, which I applaud him every day for that, for standing up for that. And I'm not the biggest fan of Steve Bannon. I, I disagree with his his support of Getter, the Chinese social media platform, but I, I, I support him for this, right? You can support people on certain things and not other, uh, not other things. I support part of um, Mike Bloomberg's take on charter schools, right? Um, certain things you dis- you agree with someone on than others. All right, I agree the fact that he said that it's up it's the reason the teachers unions are the reason charter schools aren't a larger aren't a larger product. But I, I, I agree with Bannon on this issue that testifying in front of this committee would give this committee legitimate and testifying in front of this committee would would make him presume guilt for this this January sixth act with which D. Bannon had nothing to do with. And I don't think it was planned to go into the Capitol and and tear up things and, and take the, st- the speaker's lecture and all that. I, I don't think that was planned. I think it was just, just mainly a, a spur of the moment people took things a little too seriously sort of incident. I don't think it was planned like people claim it was at all. But Steve Bannon isn't to blame, and, and him not testifying in front of this committee is a good thing. And him subpoena, uh, su- subpoenaing Nancy Pelosi is an even better thing. Subpoenaing Liz Cheney is an even better thing. Adam Kinzinger. So I applaud him for this. And I think this would be a big thing in turning the tide on the January 6th commission and how terrible it is and how big of a joke it is. And I just can't wait to see how this goes. And I can't wait to see this this subpoena and this hearing. This hearing is going to be pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. I'm not excited to watch it. I will, I will try to bring you the the hottest parts of it, the, the biggest things that go on. I will try to bring you on the Friday edition of the Conservative Crusader this week. But we will see. We will see if anything, if nothing interesting happens, if it's an hour long, bleh, then, then no one cares, right? We're not going to pay attention to it. But if, if it's big, if they start criminalizing people, then we'll talk about it, of course. We have to. At that point, we have to, Okay. But Mike Pence is a key figure at this panel hearing. And I want to make it clear, this this panel hearing isn't turn the cameras on, turn the microphones on, turn on C-SPAN and you see it. This is highly edited. This is highly documented. Most of it's probably going to be pre-recorded with footage from the security cameras, footage from um, BG on the scene, I think his name is, who was in the Capitol on January 6th documenting it as a journalist. A lot of footage, a lot of tweets, a lot of screenshots, a lot of um, testimony, video. We'll probably see some big people who testified in front of the committee. Um, Alex Jones, I know Nick Fuentes also did. So these are going to be a lot of people who are are seen in front of the Capitol, seen or not in, the, in front of the Capitol, but seen in front of the test in front of the the select committee, the unselect committee, and we we could see these people being politicized and these clips being politicized played live on national television from this hearing. So this isn't going to be a a live hearing where Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, the Democrats on the board sit in a circle or sit in their committee hearing and talk about what what happened. It's going to be highly politicized, it's going to be highly documented, highly edited, highly uh, 
produced just to make you outraged, just to make the average American outraged. But you listening to this show, you know that this hearing's a a joke. You know that this is a joke. This isn't. This isn't a, a, a serious take. This isn't a serious problem. You know this. I know this. But a lot of Americans don't. And that's why this hearing is going to be so consequential for the midterm elections. But I don't see it being enough to flip the red wave that's happening right now. But Mike Pence will not be present at the committee when it holds a primetime hearing on Thursday. But he will be a central figure as the panel makes its first presentation to what the pub to what the public of what unfolded before and during the, the riot at the Capitol. Pence has not directly cooperated with the committee, but some of his former aides had. In recent months, a steady stream of new details have come out about Pence's action on January 6th, 2021, and he has recently re- rebuked former President Trump for saying the election was stolen. Um, Norm Eisen, who served as special counsel to Democrats during first Trump's first impeachment, said, I anticipate that we will hear about Mike Pence on Thursday night. You can't tell the story without him. Pence's role in certifying the Electoral College results on January 6th, hours after hundreds of pro-Trump rioters stormed the Capitol, has only become more of a flashpoint in the investigation of the day's events and in Republican politics more broadly. Representative Jamie Raskin, a member of the House panel investigating January 6th, has emphasized the significance of Pence refusing to leave the Capitol as rioters were inside of the building, suggesting to do so would have been given an opening for Trump allies to follow through on their plan in Pence's absence. The New York Times reported late last month that at least one witness indicated to the committee that Trump reacted approvingly to chants and calling Trump and calling Pence to be hanged. And the Times also reported in recent days that Pence's former chief of staff, Mark Short, alerted Secret Service the day before the insurrection to warn of the potential security risk to Pence should Trump publicly turn his turn on his vice president. So, so this big story, these, this, and I, I use the word story because it's a storyline. This is being turned into a a pure partisan story where they're going through what happened like it's a like it's a children picture book like it's one of those cardboard books where they have well this page happens and then this page and then this page that's how they're going to describe it and that's how they're going to go through it and it's going to be highly amplified highly overdone highly uh, this and that and that's that's what their goal is that's that's what's going to happen but Mike Pence who hasn't directly cooperated is still going to be a, a high factor. It's still going to be a high name mentioned ratio. His name will probably be mentioned second only to President Trump in this committee hearing on Thursday, tomorrow. But we're going to see. And, and Mike Pence, you know, I like Mike Pence. I have a, I, I like his politics. I have a Trump hat signed by him. And if I grab it, not that I can show you, this isn't a video podcast, but... Uh, I have it signed by him. It's right above my head. I just can't grab it because it's going to avalanche if so. But he turned his back on what happened in, in 2020. I'm sure he had the same footage that Dinesh D'Souza has for 20, for 2,000 mules. And I don't think he should have been hanged for that. I, I don't think what he did was hangable. But I do think expecting Republicans to just allow a stolen election to happen is, is pretty outrageous. It's pretty insane. But he expected that and he will be a big big point in the hearing on Thursday. When we return, I talked about on the show that we need to call offices saying that we do not stand for gun control. We need to call the Senate, call the House, call the President even, and and just um, and flood their phone lines with pro-2A calls. Well, we have one senator 
one senator on the record publicly rethinking gun legislation after constituents flood her office with calls urging action. We're going to talk about who that is when we return. Also, Obama's former campaign manager calls AOC a dumb bleep. In San Francisco, voters overwhelmingly recall a progressive district attorney, as well as one story from Ohio about Columbus police. My name is GOP Josh. We're right back here on the Red Future Radio Network on the Conservative Crusader after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, and we have some news out of Wyoming. But first, my name is GOP Josh. Make sure you follow me on social media, GOP Josh 20 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Gab Getter Teller Parlorgram Telegram Parlor Truth Social is all at GOP Josh. And before we get into that, I'm not going to have a lot about this today. We'll probably have it tomorrow. But an armed California man was arrested by Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home. Wednesday morning, law enforcement sources confirmed to Fox News. The suspect was carrying a gun and a knife when arrested and had made violent threats against Kavanaugh. The man's name is being withheld at this time, but sources said he is in his 20s and was picked up on a nearby street. He did not get to the Kavanaugh home. And that's the threat put that the, the government, that the the justices are put under threat because of this this leaked opinion. And the fact they haven't actually released the opinion to at least allow... What's going to happen to go into effect while they're being threatened is absolutely outrageous. But I digress. Let's move forward. Republican Senator uh, Cynthia Loomis of Wyoming said she doubted that ideas being weighed in Congress to curb gun violence would be welcomed in her very pro-gun state. Um, She signaled a fresh openness Tuesday to find legislative solutions to gun violence after she was surprised. Oh, I'm sorry. I read this. I read this article wrong. Oh. All right. All right. We didn't do enough. We didn't do enough. I read this article wrong earlier where she said she wasn't pro-gun legislation until she got calls. Chat. Listeners. Listeners, I, I, I let you down. I interpreted as we were doing this good thing. We were stopping them from passing this legislation, getting enough calls across the board, getting enough calls on their switchboard. And we didn't do it. I've been a little surprised at the phone calls we've been getting and how receptive Wyoming callers seem to be to address guns in some manner, said the freshman who served four terms in the House and was a founding member of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus. All right. All right. I know like 3% of you that listen to this based on statistics are in Wyoming, right? Call Cynthia Loomis right now. D.C. office. Cynthia Loomis's phone number. Is as followed. Let me let me find it. I I just saw it where to go. This is her in, in the Dick Cheney Federal Building in Wyoming. Her phone number is 307-261-6572. Her DC number is 202-224-3424. That is 202-224-3424. And while we're talking about phone numbers. Call me 57 GOP Josh 7. Call or text me 57 GOP Josh 7. 574 675 6747. That is 574 675 6747. 
We're going to move on. That story makes me sad. I, I, I read it wrong. I interpreted it as she supported gun legislation. She got calls. She no longer did. I was backwards. I'm sorry. And I, I, I misinterpreted it before the break, and I'm sorry. But the Obama campaign manager called AOC a dumb bleep, dumb S word, is doing what she is doing could cost Democrats the House. And we know AOC isn't the smartest tool in the shed. This was in November of 2020 when Democrats kept the House majority. So, you know, of course, um, the loss of the House majority is just extraordinarily upsetting to all of us. I mean, she's not the brightest tool in the shed. She's not the sharpest tool in the shed by any means. I mean, she's a bartender turned congresswoman somehow. That's that's our system, I guess. But, you know, it is what it is. And and the, the 2012 campaign manager was responding to the news that Ocasio-Cortez was endorsing Alexandria Bacazi, or Bayagi in her race to unseat Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee Chair uh, Sean Patrick Maloney. He said it is so counterintuitive. The Supreme Court is about to unlaw abortion. We could lose both houses, so we're going to focus our time running against each other. Now we're primarying committed progressives because it's because why? If we lose our house, it's because of dumb bleep like this. Sometimes I think, you know how they say like there's there's the people on on the other side that are actually controlled. They're working for you, kind of. Sometimes I feel like AOC is controlled opposition of some sort. I'm just saying. What she does is so anti her party, so anti her beliefs, that she's more willing to lose a seat, more willing to lose to get a a, a progressive in that seat when when they're not going to win. She backed Nina Turner, I'm pretty sure, in Ohio's 11th. She backed Bernie Sanders, obviously, pretty wholeheartedly. Her and Bernie Sanders had something going on. And and she just, mm, she just doesn't do the best things for her party. She doesn't do the best things for her side. It's it's pretty hilarious. It's pretty hilarious. AOC is quite, 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 quite the congresswoman. <laughs> and, and she's opposing her current campaign person who's won the House at least twice and, and just for a progressive. But we'll see. We'll see. But we also know that George Soros has put a lot of money into prosecutor races because that's the most important races. You can't be tough on crime without a good prosecutor. Well, these San Francisco residents voted overwhelmingly Tuesday to recall the district attorney, uh, Chesa Bowden, one of the nation's most progressive top prosecutors. She was funded. So much of her campaign funds were from George Soros. It's actually unbelievable. It's actually unbelievable. She made... A lot of her income from George Soros for her campaign. But she is gone. Partial results from the San Francisco Department of Elections on Tuesday night show the recall measure, also known as Proposition H, had the support of nearly 60% of voters, with 40% voting against it. Bowden sought to reform the criminal justice system, ending the use of cash bail, stopping the prosecution of minors and as adults, and focused on lowering jail populations amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Bowden also became the first San Francisco DA to file homicide charges against city police officers. At the election night gathering, Bowden told his supporters he is just getting started in the push for criminal justice reform. We have two cities, two systems of justices, two systems of justice. We have one for the wealthy and one for the well-connected and a different one for everyone else. That's exactly what we are fighting to change, he said. We know that there's a system that has systematically failed us not just for decades but for generations. San Francisco Mayor Landon Breed will choose Bowden's replacement. 
when you're funded by George Soros, when all you have is George Soros's money, money George Soros's connections, that's what's going to happen. You're going to lose because you're not popular by the people. You're not popular because your policies are unpopular. Your policies are anti-American, anti-law and order, and that's what we see in that race. And we're going to just we're going to finish this off right now. I don't have a lot to say today. I'm not a very talkative person today. We're going to end off today's episode with our Ohio segment. This is the Conservative Crusader. So the Columbus police is now limiting how the the Columbus is now limiting how their police can use force on protesters. The Columbus police will have will be limited in how they can use their force against peaceful protesters and will have to display officers' names on their riot gear under changes being made to city law. Columbus City Council approved the changes Monday. It comes two years after police faced criticism for responding to demonstrations against racial injustice and police brutality by using physical violence, tear gas, and pepper spray against protesters without provocation. Those confrontations already prompted a $5.75 million settlement and more limits on those police tactics to disperse peaceful demonstrators. Now council members are making those restrictions part of city law. So these are these 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 radical protests, these anti-law and order protests that we saw in 2020. You know, the police responded to them to keep businesses safe, to keep the state house safe. Doing what they had to do to keep them safe, to keep them from being destroyed. We saw businesses boarding up like it was Minnesota, like it was in Portland, Oregon. It felt like we were in a in a in a different society during the the 2020 riots. And the police did what they had to do to keep our cities safe, to keep our, our environment safe, to keep Columbus safe. And the city council is so political, so politicized, so just so bought into the woke anti-police, anti or defund, pro-defund the police narrative that they're going to go all in. They're going to do anything they can to to cave or to to be promoted by their bosses, to to, their, to be promoted by the Democratic Party of, of Ohio, and it's a shame that they put politics over security. It truly is a shame. But we are going to wrap up today's show, my first full show being 16, because officially I wasn't 16 until later in the day yesterday, so... I am now 16. Let's go. My name is JP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader, 16-year-old conservative commentator. And I will be joining you tomorrow with a brand new episode here on the Red Future Radio Network here on the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.